It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Welcome everyone to another Passion to Succeed podcast show, a show really focused on enabling you to to raise your game and raise your beliefs in the possibilities that lie within you, around you and before you. And I have to say I'm I'm mega excited uh, to introduce our guest into today's show. Uh, This guy has been a a really young, uh, vibrant and successful entrepreneur and we stumbled across him in in an article um, on startups.co.uk and I'm really listing um, this young guy as a, the young entrepreneur to really look out for. Uh, so I'd really like to, to welcome Josh Valman to our show. Welcome to the show today, Josh. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic, fantastic, thank you. Now, Josh, you're, you're based in London. I know you're at your office at the moment. That's right. And um, hey, guys, look, I want to give you a little bit of in, a bit of an insight in, into Josh. Um, you know, he's built a, a successful business. Um, I'm led to believe his uh, value is in excess of five million already. Um, in uh, age, am I right, Josh, at, at saying you expressed uh, an interest in design at age 13 and, and really went on to send designs to, to factories across the UK um, at a young age? You were really looking to um, share your passion for design. Yeah, well, it, it was never commercial at that age. I was involved in, um, in Robot Wars, the TV show. Yes. So uh, making all sorts of, of crazy things. And I just kind of got to the, the, the limit of what I could produce at home. You know, I had masking tape and a cordless drill at home. And at school, we had a few more tools, but I couldn't produce anything I was designing around there. So I ended up going to uh, a lot of UK manufacturers. And <laughs> the uh, typical UK in- uh, manufacturing industry is, is not very tolerant to uh, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids turning up with pocket money to try and produce something. And so... Um, they had this running joke about going to China and actually this was 10, 12 years ago now and so they um, basically nobody in in China as a local Chinese factory understood how we were using Google to connect businesses and so the only people you found when you Googled for Chinese factories were actually from the UK and and Europe and America and so it was actually quite easy uh, at that age to start working with the Chinese factory all in English, all remotely Um, there was no ID checks on PayPal so you could send money out as a a 12 year old kid and uh, um, yeah just started to make more and more interesting things out of my own uh, my own interest really yeah so you I mean you know fast forward in today to today I mean you you run um, a, a really successful company and I know speaking to, to startups I think last year you were almost challenging the the preconceived idea that you were too young uh, age 22 which I completely disagree with but you were too young to to run such a successful and, and exciting company. And I know you were really challenging that with what you were sharing. And, you know, I think, I guess you're really starting to be taken seriously now. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big company now. We're in four countries. We run a lot of corporate R&D departments nowadays. So it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's credibility that's been built over a long time. So it's a company that now supplies some of the largest businesses in the world around how they structure their R&D programs and the, the products they develop, but it's also not just me. You, know, you have to remember that this is a 
uh, you know, a company run by a board with a large management team, and, and that's a help support credibility. But the biggest challenge getting into this market, which is a very sceptical market, was you know, uh, sort of gaining the trust around somebody that is only in their 20s. Hmm. And for, and for people that, you know, maybe are not privy, R&D, obviously, research and development is, is really obviously where, where you're, you know, you're focusing. You, and again, you're working in um, uh, 120 factories across, you know, the, the consumer electronic and energy field. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we operate a, a supply chain, yeah, it's about 120 factories. Um, and, and our role with those factories really is, is to do all of the back end works, all of the uh, the auditing of those factories, all of the management, all of the disaster solving, and effectively make the process from getting a, or understanding what a, a new product might be through designing it, engineering it, certifying it, and then producing and scaling that product as simple as we can. Um, and that's, you know, that's really the, the most interesting thing about this company is just how simple you can make what used to be a very complicated process for a large company. And something you're clearly passionate about, which we'll come to. So obviously, you know, from our listeners' perspective, you know, you, you began your engineering, as you said, in, in robotics, in, in the TV show Robot Wars. And, you know, some people remember that, I guess. I, I guess maybe some are maybe a little bit young or even too old. Um, um, but you then obviously went on to teach yourself engineering through, through Google. And age 14, it was, I believe, that you started working in China to, to mm. manufacture co- the components you was designing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was the only way that I was able to afford the manufacturing yeah. to do it out in China. And you know, at first that was all about my own interests and doing more and more robotics pieces. And then as that started to evolve, you know, everyone involved in, in the Robot Wars world was some sort of you know, head of engineering at this company and that company. And so they started to say, well, you know, come and uh, come and fix this piece in my car, or come and fix this thing that, that I've been playing with. And it was all very small, you know, fifty quid, hundred quid here and there. But at that age, that's that's interesting money, of course. And of course. Uh, and then we went from there, and it became slightly more complicated. It was well, can you come and look at the sort of products that we're doing at work? You know, we're trying to cut some cost in, in this product. How would you redesign it? Or we're trying to simplify this mold tool. How would you redesign it? And then that became well, actually, you know, you're working in China. You understand Chinese supply chain. Can you come and tell us, you know, how you might divide the supply chain across the world, and, and where would you relocate this shipping route, etc. And it was all. Um, at the beginning, it was it was known that I was young, you know, and, and it was all on the basis that I didn't understand how it should be. And there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in that ignorance, especially in a world that's so supply chain is very legacy built because it's something so um, there's so much liability in supply chain. So it's uh, it's something that if it's worth 50 years, we're going to carry on doing it that way. And, and so you can come in with a lot of ignorance and actually create a lot of positive change. Yes. And so through that, you ended up with more and more success a lot of my fees on the supply chain stuff were contingent so there wasn't a huge amount of risk when people knew how old I was and then as they start to make introductions people start to forget to to mention the fact that I'm still at school and that <laughs> quickly spiraled out of control I, I absolutely I love it that you know you can have that passion at a young age and I think when so many um so many young kids uh, are not maybe conditioned into an environment I mean I'm, I'm going to ask you because um Obviously, now you're 22, you're managing this global operation, you know, dealing with some blue chip companies across the world and, you know, running a very successful R&D department, you know, globally now. So when when I was young and, and still to this day, I've had some amazing parents and, I, and I'm a real strong believer that the environment that we're brought up in, our kind of social conditioning can really influence us. And I think, you know, some kids... 
I guess when you look at success across the world, you know, the likes of the Bransons and, and, and many others, you, you know, some people are, are built into an, or grown up into an environment where they have empowering environment with, from their parents and, and are inspired by that, whereas others have maybe a, a less empowering environment and, and they're inspired by that. What, what do you feel gave you good foundations, Josh, at such a young age to become an entrepreneur and start doing the things that you was passionate about? Is there anything that you can, you know, look back on and think this is, this is what I'm grateful for? Well, I, you know, myself and my brothers were given a lot of, uh, a lot of freedom when we were younger. We, you know, we were encouraged, encouraged to, to muck about with things. We weren't, um, I guess, we, we were allowed to go break things and <laughs> without being a, a complete hooligan of a child, you know, you, you're allowed to go and take something apart and see what it looks like. And, you know, some of those things you were supposed to take apart, some of those things you weren't, but it, it was encouraged to explore and be inquisitive and uh, muck about with things. And, you know, uh, that in itself breeds uh, a very different type of person. You know, when you're given that opportunity to be inquisitive and, and you maintain that, the, the biggest problem for a lot of people is, is a, they don't ask enough questions, and B, they don't think to even ask the questions. You know, a lot of people just assume that things are things and they, and they move on. And, and actually, if you can instill that sort of um, that desire to, to ask why very early on, you know, in your children and, uh, and everybody else, and in the education system, then you start to create an, uh, you know, an environment and a, and a type of person that will try things and, and will see opportunities because they ask why and they ask why not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I was I was certainly a young child that you know would always be you know very inquisitive myself. So I, I, I get that, um, and I think you know our environment is is really important. You know, not just the one we're brought up in, but the one once we start to develop the the strength and the realization that we choose it. You know, we we can start to you know choose the the right environment and start to you know make positive change in in our local kind of world and globally so when when you um when you look at obviously you start attending them designs off to factories in the uk what what motivated you to do that i know you mentioned briefly that you got to a, a point of you know you were you know only able to go so far in your own bedroom you know but a lot of a, a lot of people at that age and you know age 13 would would remain in that environment and probably not have the the motivation or the vision what was, what was your motivation to then start sending your designs what was it that empowered you to do so um i'm quite competitive so uh you know when you when you turned up to these rebel events it wasn't full of kids it was full of adults i mean everyone had a phd and x thousand pounds in funding and, and everything else and so they were creating really exciting and interesting things mm. so for me it was about actually i didn't see it as a different you know, uh, as a different level, they were they were all we were all peers. We were all on the same level, and therefore I needed to compete at that level. Um, you know, you you end up doing these things out of. I started going to factories and starting to make more and more complicated things out of necessity to compete on the same level. I I, I didn't see any difference in the in the hierarchy between these people with thirty years experience and and where I was sitting there in my bedroom. Mm. No, it's, it's good that you can you can think in that manner. I mean, certainly when I guess you look back. Uh, uh, you know successful people in all sorts of fields and and you, you you may agree Josh I mean you know I don't know if you're a big sports fan but if you look at you know maybe football as a sport for example you have a lot of kids that are, are going through that you know short-term sacrifice you know not being out playing and not living a normal child's life you know their diets to a certain level their training program they're you know they're constantly at the football academy you know blood sweat and tears on their trade so to speak and I guess you're 
for yourself it wasn't normal as well I mean how how was that perceived by your friends because you know at age 15 you were you were you know practicing as a freelance engineer and you were consulting for a business I believe on a a 20 million dollar supply chain through Skype well that that's not your normal typical 15 year old activity I mean how did your friends view that you know did you feel like you was the odd one out did it inspire you to to work harder um interesting question actually I, I um no I don't think so I, I don't think people around me understood what I was doing I don't think I understood what I was doing to be honest <laughs> um, I don't know I mean through the through the robot wars things I also had a lot of friends who were a lot older than me yes um, I still do you know a lot of my friends are still 10 15 years older than me and I, I struggle to uh yeah, I don't differentiate between people who are my age and people who are older or younger. And, and so I, I went through my childhood with friends who were in their 20s and I went through my childhood with friends who were, you know, the same age. And, and it, I don't think it really occurred to me. Everyone just thought I was busy working on school things. They never asked a question. Mm-hmm. No, no, fascinating. I think it's, it's, it's when you're that age, you can't really boast about being a supply chain consultant. Most 14, 15 year olds don't care. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or understand. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. So, I mean, at, at the moment, your current growth rate, I believe, is 450% a year. I mean, that must come with some challenges as well as rewards. How do you, how do you cope with that in the, in the form of, you know, what, what skills do you think that you have and, and maybe even you've developed and you continue to develop are enabling you to, you know, run this global operation? What can you share with our listeners that are looking to maybe raise their game and raise their commitment, so to speak? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, the growth comes as uh, it's a good problem, but it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to to manage that growth. You know, we're yeah, exactly as you say, you know, growing four or five times a year at the moment over the last few years. And a lot of what I spend my time doing um, is, is actually just trying to find people who've done it before. So trying to find people who are maybe a year ahead, trying to find people who are five years ahead, and, and they sit in different categories. And so I have you know, mentors that sit around me that have got 10, 15, 20, 30 years experience, but then I also have people who are you know, just a couple of years ahead, and they have very different opinions of how things need to work and how things need to change. But the majority of this comes from trying to work out how other people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't invent a new way to do it and, and a lot of time there's no reason to invent a new way to redo these things course, um, so I spend a lot of my time trying to get that knowledge in I, uh, as a business we spend a lot of time trying to hire that knowledge in as well you know it's, it's not all about saying there's a new way to do this a lot of it is about saying okay there's some good things and some bad things about a lot of the companies in the world can we go and hire in all those good things and combine them into a system that works for us mm-hmm. um, so you know we have a very strong management team from Varying places, some from smaller companies, some from very large companies, and, and that's the same across the executional team and you know, in all of our countries. Yeah, so it's really creating a system for growth fundamentally. By obviously, as you said, you've got your mentors, and I guess more often than not, for the for the population of the world, when when we go on a certain journey, whether it's you know to to be the very best in our game at sport or to or in in business like yourself. You're more often than not inspired by somebody that's already trodden that path. Um, yeah, it's it's about listening. It's about listening from people who've done it before, but it's also about listening, you know, internally around the organisation. We spend a huge amount of time listening to all of our employees about what's wrong, and we give as many channels as we can for people to moan because then we can understand what's happening. And I think this is a a thing that a lot of people don't do within businesses. They is they create a hierarchical structure, and, and you know, instructions changes. 
understanding comes top down, and I don't think that really works. So, I mean, as a company, we've been around for five years now. We've never lost anyone. Nobody's ever quit so far, um, and that's not because it's such an incredible place to work, and you know, it's nothing to do with salaries or anything else. It, it's about the fact that we give control at all levels of hierarchy. We spend most of our time listening and trying to map together problems with solutions and, and, and giving people the opportunity to contribute. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I think if, if businesses and organizations and teams, you know, could take that focus because, you know, it's the old, you know, cliche, but cliches are a, a cliche for a reason. And, you know, the philosophy of a team together, everyone achieves more. And I think, you know, when, when you're making people feel valued, you know, to, to see what you've built in five years, um, and obviously, as you said, you, you know, you, you, you've got the board of directors and from what you're saying, you've kind of almost got the hierarchy, but removed it from an ego point of view and giving people the control that we crave in life to have a, a contribution. And, and that, you know, to, to, to hear that's what you're doing on the inside, I, I can understand why people wouldn't want to leave and why you're get, gaining that level of success because people, people want to feel valued hey? and, and want to feel that their contribution is, is, is taken seriously. So that, that's really fascinating. And you know, I guess I only wish more companies were like that, Josh. It, it's a bit bigger than that. It's not about just making people feel valued, but actually understanding that they're the people who know the answer. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't tell a team how to operate unless you've worked in that team. You know, you have to understand that the majority of the business you will never be able to get your head around i mean we've got i've got a lot of people now we're no, by no means a small company and, and i can't claim to know how that department works and that department works or even to understand what's going on in that department you have to give that opportunity to the people in it to tell you what's wrong and what needs to change and to then use that as the basis for, for how we create growth and, and how we manage it that's really good to hear so so what what are your personal drivers right now what is it that you're you're passionate to continue to bring and you know what what's driving you now josh okay so 10 years ago um if you were a large company you could see your competitors and so if it took you five years to get to market it it didn't really matter because you see them launch a press release you launch a press release and you you play chess but nowadays if you're a very large company there's some real threats because you've got businesses that are two or three people and they can turn around in six months and be shipping 20,000 units a month. You know, they, they become real credible threats and you didn't see them coming and there's no way you can keep up with them once they're in the market. Mm-hmm. And that's quite an interesting dilemma. And so for us as a business that you know is all about getting products into market, you've got two opportunities. The first one of those is support the small companies and allow them to have the, you know, the, the global infrastructure to attempt to take over the world (laughs) or you go and empower those enormous businesses that genuinely have the resources that reach the you know the control to make massive changes in the world you know what if some of the world's largest pharma companies or or consumer goods companies launched all of their products within six weeks you know what what does that do to the world how much further and how much faster does the world start to move when you unlock that power within these enormous businesses that already have the reach and that's you know, that's what's so exciting here is if you can change the process and the program and you can provide that kind of speed and agility without getting rid of the necessary compliance and everything else to make these things safe. The impact that we have in those large businesses and the impact we therefore have on the world is, is massive. And, uh, you know, that's that's what inspires me. That's what inspires this business. Beautiful. No, good to hear. Good to hear. And if, so if, you, if, if somebody was, you know, obviously the, you know, 
hundreds, thousands of different industries and different different people listening to to our show today. If somebody had, you know, maybe just started a business or they have a passion that they're gonna, you know, they really want to kind of get into the into the arena, so to speak, or or they've been in business and they found themselves drifting. I mean, obviously, your business is growing four to five times a year. You you've obviously got a great infrastructure and a great philosophy within within your company. Um, which is, you know, it's clearly going to be one of the driving forces for your growth. If if you was to give some advice to people that maybe are just starting out, um, or you know they've maybe kind of been drifting for a little while and they need to maybe draw a line in the sand and and go into growth, because obviously what you're doing, them skills are transferable to any industry, regardless of whether someone's in one of your competitors, which is probably unlikely from our listeners. You know, I really, you know, I'm, I'm unaware. I think a lot of our listeners are. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, sole traders or, or small partnerships, um, uh, but you know, who knows? So, what what advice could you give to to people that are starting out to really get into some momentum to create some everlasting change, something tangible that people could take away from, you know, one of the most successful, young, and exciting entrepreneurs in our country? Well, I think really what you need to be doing is listening. I think. You need to go and talk to your customers, your potential customers. You need to say, you know, here's some ideas I'm thinking of. But actually, the most interesting thing to do is say, well, what would you find interesting? What, what is going to create change for you? What, where can I have the most impact for you? Where can I, you know, one of my most interesting questions when we're trying to sell a project or, or you know, working with a client is, okay, well, if you can't buy it now, one how would you buy it? If, what changes could I make right this minute for you to turn around and say yes? Mm-hmm. And you need to take that same ethos into, you know, into anything. And, and, and you know, if you're a struggling business or your business just getting started, go and find some customers, sit down with them and say, okay, what would make you double your spend this year? What, what would you like to see to do that? And, you know, throughout business, whether that's how you change your business or whether that's, you know, a specific deal or more generally working with employees, start every meeting by asking okay what is your ultimate outcome and then shut up and listen to what people want and i don't think people do that enough and then you know that's one of our biggest strengths is just sitting down and saying what would success look like for everybody else and then we can evaluate whether we can deliver that so um, am i okay to ask you what what are your goals when you when you look at the future impact that you want to have what's your ultimate outcome what what's your goals and ambitions for the future um i think they sit very closely with that vision that is you know unlocking the power that sits within the um you know within these businesses the impact that they have i think it's quite exciting nowadays when we're running um yeah about a hundred corporate r&d departments at the moment so really we have a lot of reach on a lot of different products and a lot of different industries and that's exciting. You know, you can walk through a supermarket and say, oh, we launched that, we launched that, we launched that. Um, and I don't think you can define it numerically. There isn't a, a goal in that sense. But mm-hmm. to, to increase our, our involvement in these businesses, to increase the impact that we have for them, the change that we create for them, the value we create for them. And, and as a result of that, the impact that we have on the world is, is you know, that's all part of it. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I totally get that. I think, you know... Um... You know, it, I can imagine the feeling that you'd get, you know, walking down maybe with your friends and family and that just the, the feeling, not even to even need to shout about it, but, you know, just the satisfaction to know that you've, 
you've been the one that's launched that product and it is creating change in the world and you know to be working with over a hundred uh, R&D departments worldwide you, you're obviously creating some global change and, and one of the reasons why you're doing so well Josh look, I'm, I'm really really grateful uh, I'm sure the listeners have have been inspired especially those of us that used to watch Robot Wars um, and um, yeah look you know it's, it's great to see where you started and, and how your passion has developed into a global corporation and I'm, I'm really really grateful for your time and I, I'm, I'm sure that the listeners of the Passion to Succeed show have have got some value from what you've shared, um, some real key points there. And um, what we'll be doing is we'll we'll link them to your your you know your corporate website just so people can discover a little bit more about what it is you do, um, and maybe even hook up with you on social media. So Josh, thanks very much for your time, taking some of the, some of your you know your energy and time out of your busy schedule. It's very much appreciated, and uh, and I bid you you know the future success that you crave. And, and thank you again very very much for your time. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Yeah, you too, Josh. Have a fantastic day. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe and join the community of passionate people.